The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Joining you from the Radio Wave studio at Caritas of Birmingham in Alabama, this is Medjinomics. We're joining you on the eve of August the 2nd, which is the day that Our Lady will give a message for the world through Mariana. And we wait tonight in anticipation of that message that we are going to receive in the early morning hours tomorrow morning. Tonight we want to share with you a very important topic, something which a friend of Medjugorje covered back on August the 2nd, 2008, that is 11 years ago. And while some of the points you might hear, you can certainly pick up on some of the things that he even says today. It's interesting to hear it in light of that period of time. And we do have a lot of newer listeners to Radio Wave. And so for the sake of a lot of the newer people, we felt it was important to share this topic with you tonight that shows the ending of an age. And it is all proven mathematically. And so you will probably want to listen to this more than once, possibly even take notes. It may seem a little confusing at first, but by the time you finish, it will all make sense. And so to bring this important topic to us tonight, from August the 2nd, 2008, here is a friend of Medjugorje. I was struck this week by reading a book 
by Dr. Richard Swenson. He does a science in relation to perfusion. He's a futurist, since he's a medical doctor, but also a futurist. He looks at the future and sees what's coming down. He's Protestant. He's not Catholic. He knows nothing about the apparitions of lady, as far as I know, in his book. But in what he says and what he talks about is some amazing things. Amazing in the sense that he knows what you and I know who have been following the message for some time. His conclusion of studying the future and things going on in the earth right now at this very moment is that God is up to something. Now, if you're out there and you're isolated from the apparitions, you know nothing about that. And you've concluded, through looking at some secular means that, even though you're religious, that God is up to something. And we on our side know that there's going to be three admonitions, three secrets released, a sign on the mountain left, that the future is something our lady has repeatedly pointed us to, telling us to reflect on, think about. And what was so amazing to me is to come up to the same results of not having our lady as opposed to us having our lady and come up with the same thoughts. It's fascinating because it's almost like looking at something parallel and on a circular path, proving the apparitions of Our Lady. And sometimes biases or prejudices wouldn't even allow somebody, he may, I don't know, but an individual like this to accept what Our Lady's doing or this is not real. But his conclusions are the message in regards to our future and where we're headed and what's happening. He's basically worked with the science of future, that the work of perfusion. Perfusion is defined as what you do when you grow a, a stalk of corn. That's something added to the numbers upon the earth of an addition. In other words, profusion is more, more of this, more automobiles, more cars, more guitars made, more oranges grown. Anything that's more is profusion. The rate of profusion he defines on the earth is something that can't be calculated. In other words, it's gone so fast and so profusely now that profusion can't be numbered. In fact, when they try to number it in science, what they're doing is, or futurists would say PM, which means perfusion number. The perfusion number to be calculated out can't be done. The rate of perfusion is so rapid right now that there's just no human way to even come up with some kind of graph or scale to even come up and calculate it. You can't do it. One of the most amazing parts of it is when it's defined out, what it starts telling us about the future. Then we start breaking things down and say, when we add one more car, we will add one more tire, we add one more soybean plant or one more soybean itself. All these numbers calculate to more to the earth. And through time, it, it doesn't go away. It doesn't reverse. Perfusion won't reverse. I was a little bit puzzled about that until I got into reading it, how that worked. And if we were producing one million cars this year and next year only 800,000, it's not reversing that's still a positive. In other words, there's 800,000 more cars added. It just slowed down. So perfusion can slow down, but it can't go away. So it's irreversible. So we've been traveling along in, in man's history for some time, and just in the next few years, we're going to see 20,000 years of progress in a very short time. With perfusion, as it grows, it parallels progress, and progress itself is something people like, and people want progress. And we benefit from progress. We're sitting in these studios tonight broadcasting you because of progress. That's a really a good in that sense. The problem with that is as it grows, it creates more. And the more progress has to create more. And this perfusion number greatly increases. Well, so what's the problem? Well, to back up just a little bit, perfusion don't go away. You say, well, the corn goes away. No, we're talking about the number. The number existed in past history. So the number that adds to future perfusion, in other words, one former group, 2,000 ears of corn, 2,000 stalks, all that's perfusion PM numbers. Those numbers, when you number them that way, adds to the earth this technology, the thought, the way it was grown, how it improves. Even your improvement is a perfusion number. 
everything is perfusion. So as this perfusion grows, it accumulates. It accumulates thought, it accumulates ways to doing it, and it causes improvement, which results in progress, which progress is important for e- economics. Nobody wants to go backwards economically. So there's some givens in perfusion that won't let it reverse, even if it could reverse, because it's always got to go faster. Because people want to make more money, they want more, they want this. So perfusion, really, you have to look at it in the context. Perfusion is more. More of this, more of that. I want more. As this more accumulates in the earth, what you might not even see is just another layer. Layers there. You know, you say, okay, what happened with Noah and the flood? When Noah and the flood didn't reverse perfusion. Everything that had numbered and grew and became something or whatever, or cities, was part of the number system that grew. The eight people that got off the ark and the animals that got off the ark they were in addition to perfusion. Immediately, they multiplied. But they themselves, even with the ark, and even on the ark was making things or doing things or what have you, that increased in perfusion. So perfusion has never decreased since the beginning of time. It's there. The thing that becomes alarming about it, for two reasons, the numbers, first I'll go into, the numbers of perfusion, if you put it on a graph of Christ's time when he was at 0 AD to 2008, the graft would be totally flat-lined up to 1970s. What's happened since 1970 and 1900 years plus before that, what's happened since 1970, it will flat-line it. It will push it down. It won't even let it rise up. And from the 70s on or so, or the 1900s, basically, the graft will shoot straight up, almost a right angle. It doesn't go like up and down. I mean, perfusion is just totally blasted out where you can't even phantom it. Now, why is this important? This is important because there's an element to perfusion that with every single thing, every one of those things, there's a flaw in it. In other words, with the Garden of Eden, what happened with the Garden of Eden, we have things aren't perfect. You know, we've waited on utopia. We thought the progress that we've seen would bring utopia. It hasn't arrived. Why hasn't utopia came? With all this progress, we thought it was. Many people feel like we're worse off than we were 50 years ago. And yet, in the 50s, and I remember as a kid, we were just in all the technology and going to the moon and all this stuff, and the greater tomorrow, and it never came. People say, oh, well, we got this, we got mobility. Well, that's the problem. There's a flaw with mobility. Every single number, a PM number, has what's called fallenness. Fallenness is something that did start with the Garden of Eden, and we got this, that everything, no matter how good it is, has a flaw to it. It has fallenness. If you want to call it flaw, it's really fallenness. Fallenness means that there's nothing out there that's completely pure. Nothing out there that completely exists in purity. It doesn't exist. Because at the fall of the Garden of Eden, everything, be it a cell, be it a body, it be a plant, whatever, it has, a, it has something of a potential that can weaken it, disease it, bring it down, kill it, what have you. So everything has this negative factor with the positive. So progress is positive. We all see that. We all want it, but as that progress grows and it grows in numbers, every single item has a flaw to it, or fallenness. And fallenness is something that's different from being a a pessimist. A pessimist sees everything is negative. The doom is the darkest way to see it. It's not about pessimism, and it's not about being an optimist. Optimist sees everything always as positive, everything in great light. They reject something that has any flaw to it. And this isn't being a realist. Neither one of those things will help you see the future, being an optimist or a pessimist. You, know, you need to be a realist. The realist is that we build something and it breaks down. You're healthy. You're perfectly healthy. You're doing all your exercises. You're out there jogging. You've you got perfect health. You go to the doctor. Everything's fine. Suddenly you just drop dead of some kind of liver disease You know, within two months. And so fallenness is part of every system, no matter how perfect it may be or how we try to make it. It's a part of it. 
as we progress in our level of technology and progress that we're making now, we have every single item has fallen us to it. You can't go to work if you're working with computers without trying to fix 15 problems or 20 or 100 problems in the day. The more advanced we get in progress, the more problems we have. We thought progress would cure this. Instead, we got more problems. Since we've even started our site, Manage.com, we got more problems with this than we used to have before. And these have escalated. We're reaching more people. We're doing more. We're converting more through this God's grace, through these mediums. But at the same time, we have more fallenness with it. And so what's happening and what Dr. Swinson is saying is that, that we're headed for the end of the age. Mathematically, it can be calculated that way. Because we have, say, like Hitler. Hitler did a lot of damage, and he didn't have the technology we've got today. But he did a lot of damage to a lot of weaponry and planes and his V-2 rockets. This technology, even at that time, he could do a lot. But, you know, a thousand years ago, what would Hitler do? He'd carry a spear. He couldn't do that much damage. Not a whole lot he could do. We have the capability, as perfusion takes place and progress increases, what you have is the power of fallenness to bring down the whole system. In other words, power of evil can fall into fewer and fewer hands with more and more power for the people to wreck that. The World Trade Center is a perfect example. Our world changed completely. Every, every nation on earth, every airport on earth, every way, way we live, what you do tomorrow is changed because of 19 people. That couldn't happen a thousand years ago. This is part of the fallenness. So you've got to look at a little bit abstract and get back from things and look at this profusion numbers that happen, that everything we add, whether it's a bottle of water, a piece of plastic, all this has a flaw to it. You make a bottle of water. Now, what I hear and reading in the last year or so, that some of these bottles of water have this cheap plastic and they release things in there that can cause cancer. That's the fallen side of it. Every positive thing is cheap. We've got bottles of water sitting here. That's why I'm saying that in plastic containers. But the fallen side of that is it's not pure. It's not perfect. And the danger, Swinson, what he comes up with, is basically comes down to mathematics. The more profusion you had, the more speed in which it travels the more also accumulating on a much lesser scale is the fallenness level. You've got to calculate that into it. If you get cancer in your body, your body's going to continue when it first starts. And it may be down in one part of the body or, or something not affecting anything else. And it's just prodding along, growing, but it's, it's a growing thing of fallenness in that perfectly healthy body. And sooner or later, it brings the whole thing down and kills it. And that our system is so integrated now, so advanced, that with the perfusion numbers that's growing... And with the progress that's happening, we have this parallel exponentially of the speed of which things are growing that it's just shooting out. This exponentiality is the, the growth of since the 70s are going straight up. Where we were flatlined before, our perfusion numbers have just gone exponentially up to such a level that we can't cram it. So ex- exponentiality is this growth, the speed of which this is happening. I know when I was in my office years ago when I started my business back in the 70s, and I was really thinking about how to, when you start a business, you don't always business. I'm thinking, how do you make money? You know, what I need to do and how long would it take to do this? And I came up with this little thing just one day sitting there. I thought, well, if I had a penny and I doubled it tomorrow, I'd have two pennies. The next day, I'd have four pennies. You know, by the seventh day, I'd have 64 cents. It's nothing. It's flatlined, really. At 10 days, you got $512. And then two weeks, you got over $8,000. But that's still nothing. And so there comes a point when perfusion, the numbers just literally take off. They just flat go to the ceiling. At the end of 20 days of doubling the number, you've got a little over $500,000. But at the end of 40 days of just doing this, you've got $550 billion. And all that stopped 
that exponentially comes at the very last of it. If you were to take the oceans and empty them, or the Pacific Ocean, and he writes about this in his book, he says that if you were to just drop a drop of water, how many drops would it take to fill that? The whole ocean. By the 80th drop is full. 80 drops doubled and 80 times will fill it. And so exponentially, all this, when is the feeling that happens? It happens right at the very end, exponentially when things just shoot off. And that's what we're happening right now. So Dr. Swenson is talking about this darkness, this in fallenness is accumulating. And as these numbers of fallenness accumulates in that, we're going to see a radical, drastic interruption in the way we live. We have this system that we put all our faith into, and our lady has actually told us it reflect on your future. She's trying to get us to stop a little bit to see where we're going with this thing. And there's no way for her to be coming these 27 years without showing us to prepare for something. And we can't be living one way, totally dependent on that way, and instantly that change in another direction. The whole concepts of economics that we know it as we do it today has only been around about 500 years as far as a, some kind of scientific discipline. The classical economics is just 200 years old. This is new. We know the Antichrist is going to come. He's going to rule through this system. So there's no question the system being built is an Antichrist system. It's not debatable. People might not think of it that way. They think, okay, this is just part of progress, and we just accept that. But the economic system as it is, is part of the fallenness that's going to, going to come to us. We're getting more integrated between every nation now in such a way that we're going to see radical things. And Dr. Switzer says we must prepare ourselves for the possible consequences of an increasingly dramatic future disruption. The more we pray, the more you read about all these messages, you may be feeling these things. He's given hard evidence that's fascinating. I, mean, I was fascinated reading this. He's just saying we don't have the wisdom to deal with the growth of what we're doing now. I remember reading years ago that in Colorado, they had these big frozen tanks that were going on all through Latin America and across the world finding original seeds. They said that the seed of the tomato and the original tomato doesn't even look nothing like what we have now. But because we've advanced so much and are genetically altering and how we're changing seeds, that as man alters these things, he has no way to calculate how many things he's leaving out. There's zillions of variations. Well, we're going to alter this. What happens as a consequence in fallenness to something down the road or the third time this corn is produced? We don't know those variables. We can't know it. It's impossible for us. But our arrogance, thinking, okay, well, we've got this and this is good, must be good, they're not factoring in fallenness. So this thing in Colorado, and this is 10 years ago, I probably read this, they were going collecting seeds and putting these huge nitrogen tanks because they feel, these scientists, that one disease can wipe out all of the corn crop, all of the rice crop, all of the tomato crop. And so, because that might backfire down into original tomatoes, they want to have original tomato seeds left we can go back. So there is thoughtful science out there starting to realize, hey, we're doing things we don't know what we're doing. Swenson wrote his book. He says, we don't give a five-year-old real guns to play with. They're not wise, and someone may get hurt. Yet progress has put weapons in the hands of our fallenness, giving us an incredible power without regard to wisdom. In other words, we don't know what we're doing right now and where it's going to lead to. Now, if you're thoughtful, if you're following all these messages, you're feeling it, you're sensing it, something's up. And that's his conclusion at the end of the book. God is up to something right now. Well, we have Our Lady coming every day, and what is she coming for? Because God's up to something, which means there's something wrong with the world, and something's going to happen. Our Lady said, January 25th, 1997, I invite you to reflect about your future. Really get into that sentence. I invite you to reflect about your future. You sitting out there tonight, you who listen to this later streaming or on CD later, think about your future. 
Most people are just letting what comes along dictates their day, what the soccer coach is going to say, when to be there, the boss to do this. Nobody's saying, no, I'm going to take the reins of control into my life and change it according to messages. That's what we did. And we're not perfect in this. And, you know, had the system, we have to operate with the mission. But in our personal homes, we don't have computers. We don't have television. We're TV free. We don't have the newspapers coming there. We've gotten rid of all this. We don't do league sports. We dramatically alter our life because we begin to reflect on our future. And the way, we start incorporating the way into our life. There's no room for the television in our house when we've got laughter and, and talking and dinners together. Where's the TV going to fit in? Our house, I was laying in the bed, the bedroom, of course, where I lay appeared. I was laying in bed the other night reflecting on this, that our house has been TV-free probably for 15, I think 16 years, I counted. 16 years of none of that noise and that garbage in my home. The walls speak a piece. People writing letters to us it went in the bedroom. This house has that in there. We want the voice of Our Lady in that home. Our Lady says, I invite you to reflect about your future. If you did, you'd start thinking about these things. You've got to start now and rearranging your life. Because exponentially, things are racing out of control. We do not have the wisdom, no more than a five-year-old playing with a gun, of where this thing's going with. With also the paralleling on a much lower chart, but in exponentially great numbers, with the profusion, the fallenness numbers. Fallenness is accumulating. And the thing is, in a car, motor has got 1,000 parts to operate that. Only one of them can bring it down and sit you on the side of the road. One part. And so, with a 1,000 things with exponentially in our progress, only one thing brings it down. We know some of our computers here may have a million things they can do. But one thing stops it. And sometimes it's very difficult to even find that one thing. His point is, is in the future, we've got so much of this happening that as the fallenness increases, sooner or later, mathematically, that is going to disintegrate the system and we're going to end this age. He outright says it. This age is is in. He can't say when. He can't say how. But the accumulation of fallenness will bring it down. I believe that. I believe that before I read the book. I knew that. Now, Lady says on the same message, 25th of January, 1997, I invite you to reflect about your future. She's telling us to reflect. She's telling us to think. And this is, what, this is her comment afterwards. This follows immediately the words, you are creating a new world without God, only with your own strength. You know, what do we know next to God? And if it's only us doing it without God, where is it going to lead us to? Exponentially, this growth of profusion with accumulation also on lesser numbers, but still exponentially making the same speed. Because for every single new product, thing, thought, technology, what it might be that's added through provision, each one of those numbers have a smaller liability of fallenness. So the numbers are equal with profusion. It's just a smaller ratio that might do it. But when they add up to everything, we can't see that. We don't have the wisdom to know when they come together what's going to happen. Now, if you were what they did when TV first came, it says thoughtful men were scared of the TV. They were scared of it. In other words, a thoughtful man is a praying man. A man that's praying has got wisdom. And he didn't like it. He knew there was something about this. He didn't know it. He didn't have the wisdom to know. But he knew that something, the darkness might be able to use this some way. And so with our progress, with our technology, and all the great advancements we're making, everything we want, where is it going to lead us to? Now, I was explaining to somebody in the community the other day, about some of this, because it's just literally fascinating when you get into it. What about the people who were in the World Trade Center, who got out, who were they? The ones who are closest to the ground. 
Now, there were some, we heard some wild stories that came 90 floors down running in, but the ones who were closest to the ground made it and were the safest. If you see something in the future is coming down, where do you want to be? Next to the ground. You don't want to be dependent on a system that's growing so profusely, exponentially, that you're hooked into this, that it's going to bring you down with it. If a building is falling, what do you do? What did they do in the World Trade Center? What are the pictures you remember? People running. They wanted to get away from that. Who wants to be near a fallen building? Who wants to be around a fallen thing that's full of fallenness that's going to fall? This is not about doomsday, and this is about be ready. This is about changing your life. This is about seeing what he says in the time of grace. Use this time of grace well. And if we were going to be safe, if we were going to be scripturally minded, what would we do? We would go to the scriptures and see what's safe ground. The only occupation ordained by God is your subsistence should come from the ground. So if you're going to be close to the ground, literally, and you've got your garden, you've got your little subsistence farming operation, you've got your ability to feed yourself, you've got everything. We've got to realize that when something happens, are you going to be ready? And that's what Swenson's saying is if the whole system comes down and our economic system is to me is something that our lady's pointed to because she says consumerism is an evil spirit. She didn't say it literally like that. She said it that due to the spirit of consumerism, people no longer cherish anything. And then she says about materialism being evil. So it talks about that. This consumerism message, she definitely shows us through the text of that whole message that consumerism is an evil spirit. And so Satan's Antichrist will deal through this way. And so is this an Antichrist talk? No, but we've got an Antichrist way of life. We've got to be realist about it. It exists. I believe God's going to interrupt it because we're not ready for it. I can't, I'd never live underneath it. I can't make it. And nobody else could neither. So these messages are for the future for when they do have to live underneath this. And we are presently underneath that kind of system. But I believe God's going to bring it down. I believe that's what all these preparing us for. When that brings down, how are we going to be? Are you going to be ready? We need to be ready because there's not each time to change minds. Our lady says, use this time well. And if the system as we know it collapses, and on a scientific level, Swenson's data shows this. It's just about a, he shows it from a mathematical standpoint. He proves what we understand. If you're on a 9-11 flight headed to the building, two of them's already crashed, you know it's going to crash, and one of the guys on the cell phone talking to his wife, and you got a million dollars in your briefcase, and you're going to say, can I use that cell phone? I want to talk to my wife. What's a million dollars worth? The value of him talking to his wife, the guy with the cell phone talking to her, is much more valuable at that moment than a million dollars because a million dollars don't get him anything. So if everything does come down, food is important. The way you're living now is important. A friend of Medjugorje will share more after this short break. But first... What we have learned today is that we are living in a time that requires a reflection about our future. We must relearn about our world and the direction that it is headed. Most importantly, we have to reach out to people in helping them understand that the world as we know it will not continue. All of the prayers and support of our field angels, our generous monthly supporters, makes this possible free of charge. Thank you for your help. If you are not a field angel, Make a choice to be a missionary from home. Many cannot travel to the farthest reaches of the globe, but the Caritas Mission can, with God's grace and your financial help, bring the message to every corner of the world. To become a field angel and sign up as a monthly contributor, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. 
When dialing from outside the United States, dial 001-205-672-2000. You can also sign up online. Visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, and click on Donate. To all who sign up, a friend of Medjugorje will gladly share with you one free copy of today's broadcast as a way of saying thank you. When signing up, please mention today's broadcast and the CD number CD2460MJ. Thank you. Now, here is a friend of Medjugorje to conclude. God has given us His people of Israel with all the history and the scriptures and the lessons about the Syrians using Iran to purify them and coming back to Him and His love for them. And I mean, we had a hit wealth of history showing God and how He wanted His people to live His way and He would bless them if they did and keep them in the land, throw them out if they didn't. I mean, the record went around. I, I called it, termed it in some of my writings, the three S's. Sin, suffering, salvation. You sin, you're going to suffer for it. When you suffer for it, you get on your knees, and then you get salvation again. And then when you get salvation, you get likes and coast, and then you sin again, and then you're going to suffer for that, and then you're going to come back. This is the record goes around and around and around, the three S's. Israel did it. We're doing it. And the only trouble is now we're in a cycle of exponentiality that has this more with it, this profusion, that the world's going to see something it's never seen before. The world's never lived like it lives right now before. We look at the, the transportation, the mobility, how we move around, and we thought, great. How many people out there in the 60s and 70s, you know, think about how the car is a fascination. My wife's grandmother, she's 103 years old. I mean, they chased airplanes when they come over. My wife was telling me today that they didn't have a refrigerator. When they got a refrigerator, that all her mother and her brothers and sisters, they didn't keep anything in the refrigerator but milk. And they were not allowed to open that refrigerator once a day to get that milk out. And what they fought for was who's going to open up the refrigerator. Back then, they wanted to be willing to open the refrigerator. That was so exciting, so new. You're coming from an age like that of just a simple life and what we've gone to now, we've lost our ability to grasp the significance. To me, it's impossible that the system is intact. It's totally impossible, except that God is holding it up. Now, you say, is this a God that God accepts? No. We can't think that God, either historically or even for spiritual reasons, that God's going to suspend the laws of fallenness for the sake of progress. Why would God do that? He's not going to do that. But man would think that, that, oh, this is so great. God's not going to let something fall. And the only reason that God might honor progress is if it brought him glory. That's what I was referring to. You know, you created a world without God. As if you're your own creator. Had we done God and, and grew in the right way, God would honor our progress, but we've minus God out of the factor. Now, I believe personally God is actually holding the system together right now. I think we're already unglued. And this parallels saying that if our lady hadn't come, the world would have destroyed itself. I'm deeply convicted in my heart in the messages and, and, and through prayer and through years of doing what I'm doing that the system is being held together, not because it's a virtuous system. Actually, it's got so much fallenness in it that it's, there's no way God... I can see that God can grace it to hold it up, except out of mercy. For our own reasons and good, he's allowing that. Because nobody would have left them with the system coming included. We're just too far from the soul. We're too far and too integrated the way we live to be able to survive through it. So it's God's mercy that's holding the system, that not because it's got virtue in it, but because in his mercy, he's allowing us and our lady at the time 
to open up a new way, a new way to live amidst this technology, how to deal with this stuff and get out of the building and get on good ground. And so that was a friend of Medjugorje from August the 2nd, 2008. We very much enjoyed sharing this important topic with you tonight. And so on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, BVM Pilgrimages, the Caritas Mission House in Medjugorje, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave 24 Hours. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.